Welcome to the Armchair Linguist. My name is Jennifer Severe. Ray Bradbury was quoted as saying, Cultural differences should not separate us from each other, but rather cultural diversity brings a collective strength that can benefit all of humanity. In today's episode, we are going to have a look at cultural suitcases. What are they? and what's inside of them. What we carry and introduce into another culture does not necessarily define us. If you've experienced a great deal of cultural assimilation, you know, in traveling, you to some degree release any facade or, you know, ego identification. However, most often we keep our cultural suitcases packed with past conditioning and cherry-picked beliefs, thoughts, values, and intentions, as well as actions from the cultures we are exposed to. Well, how do we acquire a cultural suitcase? When we first enter the world, we carry an innocence, but as we mature, we learn based upon the messages, the teachers, the authoritarians, the mentors, and the rules of society we are exposed to either indirectly or directly. Only if we are aware and open to mindful choice and personal accountability do we choose to accept or deny a particular norm or belief based upon whether it will serve or not serve us on a short and long-term level. What actually goes into a cultural suitcase? Well, things such as family values, rules of society, thoughts, biases, generalizations, stereotypes, prejudices, trends. They're just some of the contents we might carry and attach to in order to fit in, get along with others, or, uh, you know, achieve a particular outcome or objective. This further leads to how we both perceive ourselves in relationship to others and how we actually perceive that other person or that particular culture. This further adds judgment and non-judgment to the suitcase. And then as we become exposed to more and more diverse cultures, we can throw out or add new items to our suitcase. For example, We may grow up um, thinking that a certain culture holds a positive or negative connotation based upon an authoritative message that we received or modeling. For instance, when I grew up, uh, my mother um, was raised by a Scottish woman and they had, you know, she served them tea every day um, as well as had certain, um, you know, slang terms or certain ideas about American culture that my mother carried over uh, in how she raised us. But it wasn't until, you know, later in life that I actually moved to Scotland and lived a number of years was I exposed to and began to question some of the, um, you know, teaching models and belief systems that my mother had and perceptions about Scottish culture. We may have have met or fallen in love or worked with a particular person from another culture and then experienced the opposite depending 
you know, on how that predis, you know, dispositioned uh, belief system that we had about them. Another example was that when I was trained as a mediator in, you know, America, I carried certain um, understandings and principles with me when I, you know, went to uh, live in Scotland and. When I worked as a conflict coach um, in a you know conflict resolution representative for an outsourcing company, my approach um, to certain diverse cultures was not always well received. Sometimes I had to be more assertive and confrontive and set boundaries. Um, and more my more laid back approach was you know, taking a more friendly approach or trying to find a positive was not always the best angle to take. You know, some people saw things as very, you know, solution-centered and others were very problem-focused. So it was a matter of trying to take and assimilate, move around and learn to adapt to new items within my cultural suitcase. There's also um, the principle of the golden rule, uh, which is like a cross-cultural ethical precept uh, that can be found uh, across the globe. Many of us may have grown up believing uh, and being taught the golden rule of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. However, we might ask ourselves, is this always the modus operandi of most people. In truth, our cultural identity can lead us to serve ourselves first with very little thought to another person. Do you believe and live by the golden rule? Well, if so, are there certain rules that are akin to all cultures? We all have needs and desires. We all have the need to be respected and loved. Um, but there can be differences in, you know, how others perceive such things as time and social space and, you know, values. Some may value family and others may value personal time and, you know, so forth. So issues with the golden rule uh, can be that people may not know your desires, your needs, your intentions, and their preference may not always be you know, the same. Personal boundaries and experience can impact it as well as, you know, um, say a repeated negative experience with a particular culture. We often carry in our suit, you know, in our cultural suitcase, um, stereotypes, biases, prejudices, and generalizations. So how do we release identify and turn those around. For example, like biases can be um, an attitude towards a particular individual for, uh, that uh, uh, individuals from a group are all the same. Um, these kinds of precepts take on a logical reasoning. Stereotypes can be an oversimplified idea of a particular character trait of a person or a thing. Stereotypes can be based upon race, ethnicity, age, gender, social orientation. They can be stating that all persons have this particular trait. But they can be developed and be very inaccurate um, in observing and concluding about that particular person or situation. 
Now, prejudices can be beliefs, thoughts, attitudes about a particular group um, and encompass, you know, an idea that is not always accurate. Generalizations are, uh, tend to be general statements um, about an individual as belonging to a particular category. But some things that we can ask in uh, releasing and, you know, turning these around uh, to try to transcend stereotyping or um, offering a generalization is the more you're exposed or when we are exposed to other cultures is learning, you know, we, we ask sometimes, um, does this particularly serve ourselves and others? So when you're asking, does this stereotype that I've been conditioned to believe, does it serve me or is it counterproductive in working with this other group? You know, like I'm going to give one is, um, sometimes, you know, we can, uh, if we have a bad experience or we've seen something negative in the news or media or been raised with a particular belief, we can carry um, the belief system uh, that, or prejudice, that uh, a particular culture may be difficult, they may be conflictual, they're always angry, they, they're very difficult to resolve uh, an issue with. But how we can release it is learning to see things from their perspective, learning to say, well, you know, how are they perceiving their, um, what they value, their value systems, because a lot of times value systems are very much linked to another person's, uh, you know, modus operandi of how they want to achieve what they want to see out of a particular situation, whereas, you know, the other person who is, you know, offering a prejudice is, you know, they have that predisposed predisposition uh, belief about it is, you know, they were raised with always being right. And when you are exposed to different cultures, you have to omit the need to always being right. So how to release it, especially if it's been formed from a negative experience, it's been repeated or a conditioned experience. Well, number one question, is it true? Or is it just localized to this particular situation with this just this one experience with this one person. Secondly, what can I learn from this person or situation, even if it's negative? You know, if, if it's perceived as negative, turn it around and go, what can I actually learn? What is this person teaching me about their belief system and value system? And not always identifying that it's about you. Thirdly, am I consciously choosing to repeat these experiences or can I look outside the box, perceive outside the box and begin attracting better experiences about that culture? Fourthly, am I, you know, am I personally taking accountability for my role in this experience? For example, to go back to my, um, original example about living in Scotland when I worked in conflict resolution is you know sometimes getting them to understand an outcome for the company that I was uh, working for you know um, they did not perceive it because they were feeling personally attacked by the company as to not achieving the outcome that they wanted and I think we have to sometimes shift our thinking to you know are we being 
are we helping, you know, be a solutions, you know, person? Are we seeking to um, bring resolution to the situation? Are we adding to the problem? So I would say, fifthly, are we wired to see conflict? Are we wired to see solutions when we are in another culture and you know, finding ourselves, you know, taking things out of our cultural suitcase and putting it back in, you know. So, um, for example, another example would be when I was first uh, exposed to um, a, you know, a culture when I lived abroad and the belief systems in terms of religion and religious practice was different than mine. The person that was my uh, host family expected um, me to, you know, abide by the same religious practice, but I was not raised to believe that way. So because it was, you know, persistent and insistent, you know, I found myself becoming, you know, frustrated. Um, but it wasn't until I recognized that it was also a form of respect to at least take part in certain festivals and certain uh, holidays and just um, listening and hearing them discuss their belief systems. And that was, you know, actually uh, extending an olive branch uh, to allow a peaceful experience with that person. And instead of them seeing uh, things as me being narrow-minded, you know, I was more open-minded to understand that they were... um, a valuable person even though they uh, their belief system differed from mine and of course uh, over time and over you know being exposed to it I began to take uh, part in you know attending more of the festivals that they uh, were important to them and learning about them and you know it um, though I never adopted their you know belief system I, it enabled me to ask and personally question uh, my own belief system and, and being sure that the contents of my own cultural suitcase were exactly where I was at that point in time in life. So we can always take things out and put things back in. Because remember, the contents of our cultural baggage can be cleared out, the clutter, um, you know, can be analyzed and it helps us release old ways of perceiving and rewriting the story of our life. Another example was when I first um, began learning Arabic and I had chose to learn Arabic. Um, people uh, questioned it a lot from, I was from a very close-minded uh, area growing up and where I was being educated was quite close-minded. The university had a hard time uh, attracting students, you know, in the Arabic learning program. And even native um, speakers questioned why I was learning it because it was foreign to them why um, somebody that was a non-native speaker, especially in that area, would be interested in learning it. You know, my reasoning at the time was to allow uh, a more academic, expanded um, curriculum as well as offering more professional opportunities for myself at the time. Um, But 
I did receive, you know, a number of negative, um, you know, feedback, a lot of negative feedback from people. And it wasn't until whenever I had removed back abroad that I decided to go ahead and expose myself to more diverse experiences within the Arabic language. And so not only did I study Arabic language, I went in and uh, went under the tutelage of um, a calligraphy master and started learning, you know, um, script from them, uh, Nask, Thaluth, and um, Kufic script, as well as taking part in um, Arab... Uh, Darbuka and Ud music workshops and um, dance, you know, courses and also took part in tutoring and coaching native Arab students English. So there was a cultural exchange and language exchange there, which furthered my exposure to the language and allowed me to add more um, to my own personal cultural suitcase, which were positive experiences. So then at that point, it did not matter whether others questioned it. I would take their questions and help solidify if this was indeed something that I wanted as a part of my cultural suitcase or whether I needed to, you know, release it all entirely because then we, you know, decide whether or not we are identifying with the contents of our own cultural suitcase or we are you know, doing away with it all together. And it's, uh, you know, recognizing that it's just past conditioning. Recycled memories are recycled stories. And when we become the author, we can tell willfully um, whether or not to retell it. When we allow others to handle our cultural suitcase, we risk contents being added that don't always align with our highest self and experience. And it reminds me of the airport reminder to keep your luggage with you at all times. And, you know, then the travel agent will ask, has anyone else handled your baggage? Has it ever been outside of your, you know, periphery or has it ever been outside of your, your own handling? Because it's, it's, it's essential and it's a metaphor for making sure you're aware of what, in the, what baggage you're carrying with you at all times. Empowering the self means that we can, you know, designate and design and fill our cultural suitcase however we choose. Just like the travel agents and, you know, border control advises, we can take responsibility for its contents. We can affirm that we checked it regularly to assess whether the contents serve us or they don't. And if we choose, we can add boundaries like a padlock or have open access for anyone to add to that suitcase or not. So what cultural lessons can we ask ourselves uh, from being exposed to diverse cultures? Everything from greetings to how something is negotiated, you know, what values uh, systems are in place, and the hierarchical systems as well can be things that we can, you know, assess and take learning lessons from. One of them in, in terms of greeting when I was, you know, learning Arabic was um, with a particular uh, family was, the, um, there was, they practice 
Islam and uh, I had to learn to always greet with Assalamu alaikum and then they or they would say Assalamu alaikum and I would say walaikum salam which is peace be upon you at the time you know I did not uh, realize my <laughs> laid back approach was could have also been construed uh, and for some of them was construed as a bit disrespectful because to elders it is a form of respect to at least put a blessing upon them. So over time, I learned that depending on what culture I was exposed to, you know, certain um, formal greetings versus informal greetings was actually a beneficial part of my cultural suitcase that I could introduce and reintroduce to help build a stronger foundation with that particular relationship, especially if it was one that I would be revisiting frequently. Now, one I will mention that I had to take out of my uh, cultural suitcase was um, growing up, of course, uh, I grew up in a very traditional Midwest uh, upbringing, Christian upbringing, and um, when uh, I would say whenever uh, a person wanted to voice their opinion, it wasn't always well received. And over time, it, it really had nothing to do with gender as much as it was um, a very authoritative um, environment. And, you know, uh, very patriarchal um, environment and when I was uh, exposed to um, I was at a workshop for conflict resolution and um, as a mediator and I openly over time had you know become more relaxed and had you know expressed my opinion more as I matured uh, in life and at this particular workshop it was interesting because I was approached by a man from, um, I think he was British, and he approached and told me that I needed to learn not to voice my opinion so much and, you know, let, you know, a man's opinion um, be expressed. And at the time, of course, I questioned uh, why, you know, he had that you know belief system that women could not express themselves and um, it really was it'll it'll it was a very um, it wasn't an explosive time period but it was a very eye-opening experience that allowed me to you know return back to my past conditioning and question you know, my own personal value system and ma- uh, matters of self-worth and matters that all individuals have a right to express themselves. Um, but what I learned was in some, you know, environments, in some cultural environments, um, the, the manner in which you approach a particular topic or uh, approach a particular um you know, question that someone have, may have is in terms of, you know, depends on the actual industry or the niche, it can have, a, you know, a, a larger uh, bearing on the outcome. 
So, you know, um, it made me realize that I, I could approach uh, and express myself, but maybe not so boisterously that I was used to before. Because, and it really is hilarious, because it goes back to um, a stereotype that um, I had heard so much uh, whenever I traveled to uh, France and I was on the Eurostar and I remember uh, watching an American family that had come on board and they had uh, children that were you know wallering all over the tables and they were screaming and crying and um, they were toddlers so the parents just let them do what they wanted and they were in the aisles and they were getting in the, you know, really in the way of others. So there was a risk of other people, you know, being disturbed and hurt, you know, hurt if somebody tripped over them. Uh, but I, I found it, the funny part was, is I, I remember people always uh, expressing a lot of people, I would say, I just made a generalization, but a lot of people expressing that Americans are always loud and noisy when they go abroad, and this is how you can tell someone is an American. And it made me question, have I been loud and noisy in, um, you know, on foreign soil, you know, and have I always represented the best, um, in the best manner that I could as an American, uh, you know, living or traveling abroad. And I think it's important with our cultural suitcase, it's just, it's, it's our personal suitcase that we are allowed to con constantly question, um, not just to conform to another culture, but to allow us to be molded to the best persons that we want to be. You know, our higher self is all individual choice, but we can allow others um, the experiences with others and their belief systems to help us become, uh, you know, our ideal selves. So learning, you know, such things as asking, what do you need to let go of, you know, and this was one uh, situation where I asked myself, you know, uh, what do I feel is, you know, is, is being loud important to me is, am I judging my own culture? And am I judging another culture based on how they are perceiving me, which adds fear into it? And so learning that judgment and fear and justification were things that I needed to release out of my cultural suitcase. Thirdly, where have I allowed others to fill my to fill my cultural suitcase? And this goes back to two um, and, and one actually points is that if someone, you know, uh, from another culture um, questions your manner of expression or your value system and you allow that culture to change you just because you're trying to please that other culture, there is a difference in, in being diplomatic and allowing someone to completely overhaul and change your whole way of thinking. So, you know, making sure that you can always be fully accountable for the contents of your cultural suitcase is important as well. So, 
What we can always learn is that, like Kofi Annan once said, we have different religions, different languages, different colored skin, but we can all learn from one another because we belong to one human race. And culture is a way of coping with the world by defining it and learning what is ours and what we wish to release. If you like today's podcast, please hit the like button. Feel free to share it with your friends and subscribe and visit me at the Armchair Linguist on Instagram and stay tuned for future podcasts where we'll go into more detailed explanations on not only the cultural suitcase, but the contents and what helps identify and define us individually and collectively. Have a lovely day. Thank you.